Welcome back, Panther fans. I'm David Brown, along with Ryan Graham. Hey, y'all. Tim Thurber. Hello. And this is State of Atlanta. Cheers, Ryan. Can I have a, a sober night? Woo! Oh, man. It's not a sober month. One every now and again. This is going to be our best episode ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Well, welcome back, guys. Welcome back, guys. So we had a good week. We yeah. thought, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did you guys do for the bye week? What? Besides watch the Falcons suck it up. I didn't. I just skipped that nonsense. Uh, I put Red Zone on and just did that. So right. I was like, nah, <clears throat> not this time, Falcons. Not going to get you this time. Gotcha. Nope. Nope. How about you, Tim? Anything fun? Or not? Okay, apparently not. No, nothing fun with. I'm having problems hearing you. Like you're talking, but I don't hear anything. I don't oh, I hear it crystal clear. So yeah. Might be you. All it's right. Well, then you. I will just uh, the rest of the evening. I'll just kind of point at you, and I want you to say something, and you <laughs> kind of go and just say whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter what's actually going on. I watched college football all Saturday. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but that's what I did. <laughs> and I watched the Auburn Georgia game, and then on Sunday I watched the Falcons fall apart on their faces. Sounds like a good weekend. Sounds like an Atlanta weekend right there. All right. Well, with our bye week, we do have um, uh, Arkansas State up this Thursday, Thursday night up in Jonesboro. So we've got uh, Chase Chase Gage from the RedWolfReport.com that's going to be joining us to uh, break down that game and give a little preview and uh, tell us why we're going to lose. And without further ado, uh, welcome Chase to the show. What's up, guys? Thanks hey, for Chase. having me. How's it going? Going very well. Can uh, can you hear him, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't hear. Fantastic. This, just the host of the show. No big deal. No. <laughs> You're not necessary. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, uh, Chase, uh, all the way out there from Ar Arkansas. Uh, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, man. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing, doing good. Uh, he Been better. Been better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our drinking show has one member uh, on full on hangover. So Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't. I don't always wait for the podcast night. You know. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, the games are early. It's the games on Thursday, so you exactly. got to be drinking like on on Monday, Tuesday to be prepared for the game. Exactly. You gotta you gotta start pre gaming a few days earlier. It makes sense. Exactly. So actually, since you brought up drinking, that's actually one thing I wanted to I talk to you about there, Chase. Uh, yeah. Some new information in breaking news. We just found out that uh, Jonesboro is a dry county in Arkansas. You can't buy booze there? Technically, yes. Um, there are no liquor stores in Craighead County, but there are several bars, restaurants that serve alcohol. You just can't buy like a case of beer. Um, but outside of town on both sides, you got liquor stores right at the county line. But yeah, somehow in 2020, Jonesboro is still a wet county or a Still a dry county. A dry county, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Our, our nemesis to the south was like that for quite some time. I believe that it changed years ago that Georgia Southern can now have sell beer or whatever. But just a sign of the times that you know yeah. they, they were way more backwards than we are. So There's still a bunch of dry counties in Georgia. And I know um, Clark County for a long time was apparently, and like all the college kids would go, um, there's the same thing. Like you go out Jefferson Highway and like right as soon as you – 
across the line, uh, the county line, there's like a bunch of liquor stores there, or there were for a while. I think they're all closed now. That'd be a great place for cops to set up shop and just catch all the drunk people going to go. No, it is. Arcade is like well known as a, as a, um, traffic stop place too. So like, don't, don't speed through arcade because they'll get you for going like one mile per hour over. Or one mile an hour over. What are you trying to hide? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah. So let's talk about the game a little bit. It's uh, this Thursday up in Jonesboro. I think this is like the seventh time the schools have met. Uh, Georgia State won last year Mm -hmm. down here in Atlanta. Big win for us back when Ben Ellington was still healthy. Um, So, uh, yeah. So, Chase, what do you expect coming into the game on Thursday? You feeling good, bad about the game? Um. From a Red Wolf perspective, I'm not necessarily feeling good about anything this season necessarily. Uh, I don't want to sound too pessimistic. Um, I mean, oh, please, please. That's exactly what we want to hear. We want you to <laughs> yeah, no, this is fine. you guys are going to be. <laughs> I mean, we had that. You are absolutely wrong about this, and the Red Wolves come in and just, like, stomp all over us. Like, no one's going to remember that. So. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. But I'm uh, cautiously pessimistic, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> But, you know, last year we went down there and you guys just whooped us up and down the field. Uh, I mean, honestly, from us, it was one of the worst games I've ever had to sit through. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, no offense, uh, but we just <laughs> couldn't couldn't stop anything and never got the offense rolling. And the problem is I see the same issues kind of showing up again this year here and there. Uh, you know, we played Memphis. And we gave them three really good quarters, but we had one quarter where we were terrible and it cost us the game. Uh, Then we get Kansas State, and we still have a couple really bad moments, and somehow we escape and win that game. Uh, Then we turn around and play Coastal and just lay an egg, and they just dominate kind of like the game last year to where we never got an offensive rhythm and the defense just couldn't – the defense was on the field the whole game and eventually they just got so tired that uh, Coastal was able to do whatever they wanted. And then even this last week, we played UCA, who's a really, really good FCS team. Um, they went toe-to-toe with North Dakota State, came down to the wire a week ago. Um, and we beat them 50-27, to 27, which sounds good, but watching that game, it was still kind of aggravating at times. Um, yeah, offense, I'll just make sure we bring it up. That I got that first quarter score, and it was yeah. 3-2. And I'm like, what is going on? I love the safety in there, though, because at 3-2 sounds like a, you know, a decent baseball score. Yeah. But typically when a team gets a safety, that's the team that's dominating on both sides of the ball. So to see a 3-2 score, yeah, that, that cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, that one was a weird start. It was 3-2. Then it was 6-2. And then all of a sudden, both offenses just started going back and forth, trading shots. And eventually, you know, we got like a three-touchdown lead. But then all of a sudden, UCA comes right back in it. Um, and even late when the game was pretty much decided, um, it was a little discouraging to me. We missed back-to-back plays. We had a receiver running just wide open, uncontested, and overthrew a receiver twice back-to-back and ended up having to punt. Um, and it's just little things like that that keep happening. Um, over the last you know few years, we're two or three plays away from two or three more wins. Um, even a couple years ago, we lost to Georgia Southern on the last play of the game, lost to Louisiana on the last play of the game. Um, and even with you guys last year, we had a chance late to try to finally get back in it. We couldn't do it. Uh, and then we go to a bowl game a few years ago, goes to overtime, 
we're one play away and we just can't find a way to win. Last year we had a couple games like that. Coastal and Georgia Southern again came down to the final drive, but we were able to finally win those games. But it's still concerning enough that that's been such a pattern for the last three years or so. And so if it if this is a close game and it comes down to if we can make a play or not, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm. Uh, it sounds bad, but I'm just not that confident that we're necessarily going to make the plays that might decide the game. Well, you you say that uh, you guys are cautiously optimistic about the game, cautiously pessimistic about the game. That is what we feel like. When we feel that way, that's when we feel like we're going to win the game because we don't have a lot of optimism as a fan base. Like like you said, uh, it was a pretty uh, bad loss for you guys to swallow last year, uh, losing to Georgia State. I think we were talking about this last week. The best thing about beating teams that uh, don't respect Georgia State is that that man, they really hate that loss. They really, really, really hate that loss. <laughs> that was the thing, man. The fan base was livid. Uh, that again, you know, no offense to any of you guys, but it was like Georgia. You, we lost to Georgia State. We never. I mean, you guys, we'd never lost to you before. And then this year, we've never lost to Coastal. And then they beat us this year. So Coastal's team is a little scary to me this year. I, yeah. I don't know what's going yeah. on over there in Conway. <laughs> I do not look forward to playing that game. We got yeah. a couple of weeks before then. But uh, I wanted to ask you one question before I let either the other guys get in here. Is uh, you made a comment about you know a couple of uh, missed opportunities in the game last against Central Arkansas, some missed rece- receptions. You guys are doing a two quarterback system. It seems like this year um, was that. I, I know that. So you had uh, who was it? Bonner. Uh, last year they got injured and then brought in the other guy. So it's kind of like a we have two quality quarterbacks. Did you guys expect that uh, Blake Anderson would be playing two different quarterbacks regularly in the games? Uh, honestly, no. Um, so we knew last year Logan Bonner was the, the clear-cut starter to start the season. Um, Lane Hatcher transferred in from Alabama, but, you know, he was – he came in at the end of the summer. It was – and Bonner was under uh, – Justice Hansen for a few years. So he was groomed to be the guy and he was the guy coming in and through four games, he had a thousand yards, um, four, I don't know how many touchdowns, six touchdowns. I'll have to go check. Uh, but he only had one intercept. No, I think it might've been 10 touchdowns and one interception. And it was like a fluke weird snap got batted in the air type thing. So, I mean, he was playing like lights out. Um, and then he breaks his thumb and he's out for the year. So Lane Hatcher comes in as a freshman and wins Sunbelt Freshman of the Year. And, you know, he's putting up these big numbers week after week, making clutch plays. And so all of a sudden we go into the offseason with a bit of a quarterback battle. Um, Logan gets a year of eligibility back because he didn't play the four full games. So now it's kind of a you've got a sophomore and a junior and both of them, neither one has separated themselves. And so my thought was that coming into the year, Blake was going to play both of them in the first couple games, kind of get a feel of who can do what. And I assumed we would you know, then name a permanent starter, that this guy's the guy, the other guy will be the backup, and then maybe redshirt again or you know, see what happens as far as eligibility goes. But now um, it started where Bonner would get two series and then Lane would come in for one, but now it's – back and forth every drive we change quarterbacks and really it's crazy because one will come in and drive march down the field and score a touchdown 
and you're like, okay, stick with this guy. He's hot. He just drove the team down the field. Then the other guy comes in and does the same thing. <laughs> now what do we do? Uh, and they switch back out, and one throws a pick, and then the other goes three and out. And then, so there's, it's weird. And personally, I don't like it. Uh, I think you need one guy to be the guy and get into rhythms and stuff. But Coach Anderson is pretty, uh, pretty committed to it at this point. So that's just who we are this year. Um, and I don't know what it means for the future. Um, I really doubt that both of these guys come back, uh, you know, and be a senior and a junior where you're going to have to be splitting snaps here. So eventually I think there's going to have to be some sort of decision made on who to move forward with. But for now, it looks like it's just you're going to get Bonner to start and then you're going to get Hatcher the next drive and they're going to flip all game. So, are they pretty similar style quarterbacks? Is one better in the air, one better on the ground? Or are they pretty pretty um, similar the way they, they play? That's the weird part about it is they're very, very similar in the way they play. Um, I did an interview earlier in the year before the season started. Uh, somebody was asking my thoughts on them, and it kind of has played out about the way that I thought. Um, Hatcher, I think, is more of a game manager type guy. He's going to get you five or six yards, chunk here, chunk there. He can still throw the deep ball. He's got a big arm. He's kind of mobile. You know, he could get three or four on the ground. He's not going to break a big run on you. Um, but he's not going to make as many mistakes, and the stats might not quite reflect that um, you know, as far as like interceptions and stuff, but he's not going to throw into double coverage as much. He's not going to the, make the risky plays, but he's also, for the most part, not going to make the big, crazy good plays either to where Hatcher, he's a little more wild, I guess. Uh, you know, he's going to take that risk and throw into double coverage, but sometimes it's a touchdown. Sometimes it's a pick. Um, I think that comes a little bit from experience to where um, Bonner's been in the system for, you know, four years and Hatcher's just been here a year and a half. Um, but yeah, as far as play style, they're both not really that mobile. You know, they can pick up a first down, but they're not an actual run threat. Uh, but they're both tough, durable, big arm, um, accurate. But they both play really good football. Uh, so it's a really weird situation, honestly. Interesting. All right. Well, since Ryan is hungover and never prepares anyways, I'll turn it over to Tim if you got a question for Chase about the, about the game Thursday. Oh, I was just – I was curious. I like, wow, you guys have the two-quarterback system. That's going to be tough to manage. And then – I just asked this question. Were you not listening to anything Chase just said? I'm getting there. Hold on. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I heard you say is that – Wait, they have two quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah. More than two probably, Ryan. Maybe. <laughs> no, um, the guy that got a couple of snaps in the game against Central Arkansas. I did see there was two guy with uh, two um, attempts and then, like, zero completions. <laughs> yeah, that was a – Colton Clack, he's the third string. He's a, uh, he's pretty good. He's a, uh, pretty sure he uh, redshirted last year, so he's a redshirt freshman. But he'll be around down the road next few years. But all right, go for it, Tim. So anyway, uh, I was I was gonna say, you know, it's like from what you were saying, they seem to copy each other. One does well, the other one does well. One does terrible, the other one follows him and does terrible for a series. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is your defense. Obviously, I'm not that familiar with your team right now. I didn't even know you had, did a two-quarterback system. But defensively, I mean, last year, I don't think any of us would have predicted us to win. I know I didn't. No. Um, it was like a complete reversal is what it felt like. 
How do you see the defense this year and stacking up against um, Quad Brown? Our defense, um, let's see. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good. Um, That's what we want to hear. Getting the answers we really want here. He's like, uh, ooh. I'm trying uh, to think of I'm like, yes. I'm trying to think of what I should and shouldn't say here. but well, like, We're not going to give any secrets to the team. You can say whatever worry. you need to say. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so. Coach Elliott is a fan of the show. He's watching right now. He's <laughs> word you to say. Well, if you guys want to beat us, um, just throw screen passes all day. We're going to give you 10 yards. We've actually been doing that really well. That and weirdly, like our like option has been pretty good. <laughs> you will eat us alive on the outside. Um, our defensive coordinator, Coach Dugan, he, for whatever reason, He's going to give you a five to ten yard cushion on the outside, and he's not going to change. He will not change. You guys remember that? Uh, like, like early on in our uh, in our life of, as a football team, where they would like the the corners would like play ten yards off the ball every single play, and you're like, "What is happening? Why are you doing this?" <laughs> they were walking their direction. They didn't want to three D's, right? That's but, where yeah, we feel uh, your pain, man. We we went through like two seasons of that or three seasons of that. Flashback <laughs> uh, games. Oh, it was like twenty yards off the ball at time. <laughs> it was yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. We played SMU in the opener last year, and I don't know that they threw more than five or six balls like actually past the line of scrimmage, and they went for I think I mean don't quote me here, but like over four hundred passing yards. I'm pretty sure just screen. And get five, six yards every time. Well, we're real big sticklers here for accurate stats. So if you could just figure that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a stats guy, but uh, I don't have anything to lie. We're not. We're <laughs> not. Yeah, that, was, that was sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. I come into these things completely unprepared. I find them more fun that way. Yeah. That's what I see. Yeah, that's, see? That's Ryan, we can just kick Ryan out and just have you on because he's the guy here every week. Dang. That's messed up. Uh, uh, Chase, so we talked about the uh, the defensive line uh, defense not being uh, too hot. Uh, Georgia State has not had a strong defense uh, pretty much since uh, Coach Elliott's been here. I guess Mentor actually put together something that's getting better. Uh, but we surprisingly, we feel like we have a decent defense after only two games this season. Uh, what's your O-line look like? Are they uh, ECU with a bunch of pushovers, a bunch of young kids? We are able to do whatever we wanted to. Uh, impose our will on them for the most part. What's um, what's your O line look like? Well, um, compared to last year, they're vastly improved, but that's not necessarily saying a lot. <laughs> uh, last year they were just really bad on the offensive line. Um, it was kind of a, it wasn't necessarily their fault. We had a ton of injuries last year, a lot to key guys on both lines. Um, I'm pretty sure at one point uh, we were down like three starters on the defensive line and then like two backups. And then on the offensive line, we had three or four like major injuries. I don't think it was all starters, but we ended up having a lot of freshmen playing, a lot of guys playing out of position. Uh, so it was just kind of a mess just getting them together all year, you know, trying to uh, put the pieces together on both lines. Um, but this year the offensive line is improved. They're not bad, um, but they're not – as good as they can be. I think they're going to improve over the next couple of years though. Uh, Cause you know, now that you get a bunch of freshmen last year, they get snaps that they shouldn't have. 
you know, get more experience. Um, they've had time to get healthy. Um, but I mean, they're nothing to, you know, nothing to brag about, but nothing to be too concerned about. Our running game isn't where we want it to be, um, but we more than make up for it with the passing game. We've got, you know, the two quarterbacks, a handful of receivers. And so pretty much all we ask for the offensive line is just give our guys enough time to throw it. Um, I'd have to look at the numbers. We're not giving up nearly as many sacks as we did last year, uh, but we're not able to get those surges to get the running game really going. So we're kind of in the middle, I guess. We're good at pass protection, and that's what we try to be good at. <laughs> so yeah. it works. Yeah, I think I, uh, looking at the stats of the Central Arkansas game, there was only between the two quarterbacks, only one sack given up in the game. So, um, but great. Then again, you're talking about FCS, but a good FCS. Yeah. Program. yeah. Uh, well, thank you for the comments. We got a question um, from uh, our buddy John Weaver. Uh, you guys, I, I'm going to add on to his question before reading his question here. Uh, you guys had a history there for three years. History is three years. I, I guess it's technically history. Uh, there, there was three years in a row where you guys were losing your coaches. Uh, and so, the question from John is, how long do you think Blake Anderson stays at at state? Uh, is it more likely that he leaves for a he says better. I'm going to say another opportunity, or if there would there be another reason he would leave the, the program? So this is a very complicated question, <laughs> and this is kind of something that you get a lot around here. But yeah, we we did have five coaches in five years, Blake being the fifth of them, because we had Steve Roberts who got fired, and then we had Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzahn, Brian Harson, Blake Anderson. By the way, we're our third coach ever. <laughs> yeah, so we, 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 but we were our third coach ever. <laughs> we yeah, rattled off a bunch years. of crappy coaches there. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a long, complicated answer here. But so within that uh, in that time period, Hugh Freeze went ten and three. Gus Malzahn went ten and three. Brian Harson, I think, went seven and five. We had kind of a down year, and then Blake comes in, and he had. I feel like his first year was like seven and five, eight and four, but then he get, goes nine and three and we win the cure bowl. Um, and so the, the fans all of a sudden we had never had more than six wins in a year. And one of the years that we had six, they all got vacated. So technically we went zero and six. So we had never had really any success as a division one uh, school. And then all of a sudden we're winning nine, 10 games every year and people got really spoiled. Uh, to where now, you know, last year we go eight and four and people are upset that we went eight and four. That's not good. Or eight and five, whatever, whatever it was, but that's not good enough anymore. So really for the last few years, there's been a, uh, I don't know how big of a part of the fan base. I don't think it's that big, but there is a, a faction of the fan base that wants Blake gone, uh, that says we've stagnated. We're not going to get any better. You know, we've reached our ceiling and then there's a big part of the fan base that uh, loves him for more than just the on-field results because he's a great – I mean, one of the greatest dudes you could ever meet. Um, nicest, always in great spirits, even through everything he went through, which I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but he's huge in our community. He's a huge ambassador for the Arkansas State brand. And you could argue that that's bigger than what he's doing necessarily on the field is the way that he's built our brand in the last five, six years is – huge um and then so it's you know obviously kind of a touchy subject but a lot of the 
um, hate to uh, hate, not really hate, but a lot of people that wanted him gone changed their tune a lot when he was going through, you know, his wife uh, going through cancer treatments and then he ultimately loses his wife and his dad within the last year. Um, and so I feel like to an extent there's that built in that like this guy is great for the community. He's a great leader within our school system, you know, even outside of sports and you look at everything personally that he's been going through and even, and especially now with COVID, even if, even if we have a terrible year, you can't fire a guy in that situation, even if the fan base turns on him. Um, but he has in the past shopped around for better opportunities and kind of been, you know, passed along to where he was a major candidate, but ultimately didn't get the job. I know he looked at, I believe it was Baylor a few years ago, because that's where he played in college. Um, and then this last year, he was one of the big candidates for the Missouri job. Didn't get that. Then there was another school late in the game, uh, somewhere out west. I can't remember who it was. But there was another school that was showing some interest um, kind of after the coaching carousel took off. And then you lose a few extra people, you know, and you get those last two or three positions to be filled. One of those, uh, he was one of the names mentioned, um, something like a Fresno State. Uh, no, it wasn't them, but somewhere like Mountain West. Um, but ultimately hasn't gotten those jobs. We really thought that he was leaving after this last year because he was shopping around, but um, he ended up back here. And I don't know if that's because he decided to come back here or if nobody else was going to take him. Uh, so I think he's for sure going to be the coach here next year. Um, Cause I think with COVID going on, you can't fire him and most schools aren't going to be, looking to get new coaches because everybody's going to get a pass this year, essentially, right. I feel like. So I don't think that the new opportunity is going to present itself. Um, but next year could really be a make or break year of if we wanted to bring him back or if he wants to stay, because I feel like that turmoil started at the end of last season. So a couple more years probably, and then it might be just almost a mutual, like, hey, you've been here eight or nine years at this point, you know, Let's, Let's move on kind of thing. So you made a point there, and we said the same thing about Coach Elliott, is that about Blake Anderson being just a good human being, a good person, great for the community, does a lot of stuff. And we always brag about um, how much we like Coach Elliott as a person. Uh, anytime we got a chance to interact with him, he's just a good, good guy, good football guy. Uh, we like him a lot. But as you were saying that, I was thinking for the first time, that's one of the differences between uh, P5 programs and us little uh, bottom dwellers, uh, everything, is we talk about how good of a guy our coaches is. <clears throat> and then you look at the big guys, and their coaches are dicks. Yeah. yeah Urban Meyer, uh, Jim Harbaugh, they're just dicks. They're assholes. Yeah. And uh, no one likes those people, but they get results in the field. So maybe we should stop wanting to have uh, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Wright, and the uh, – on the sidelines we want to get just a real big i'm not advertising i'm not auditioning for the job sidelines <laughs> i know nothing about football whatsoever at all but if they need somebody to do a press conference and just like tell everybody they're stupid georgia state you've got my number because you always ask money all the time so <laughs> i mean when uh when gus was here i wasn't covering the team yet um i mean that was like hell i was a teenager i was playing high school football back then but uh when Gus was here, 
everybody said that he was the worst in press. Like Blake, if you go to a press conference and you ask him a question, he'll crack a joke with you and he'll give you a big, long five minute answer and just go on and on and, you know, have like a, just a one-on-one conversation with you. And they say that when Gus was here, he didn't want to have anything to do with the press or anybody. He'd give you one word answers and try to get the hell out of there. What wasn't nice to anybody. Wasn't trying to make friends. And, and he went 10 and three, we won the bowl game and he went to Auburn and you're just making my point for me. And he just, yeah. And he's out the door. <laughs> they did a, like a, autograph signing thing that I went to uh, like to introduce him and all the players, as you went down the line, they're all, Oh, Hey man, how's it going? I'm talking to you and stuff. And Gus was just then just signing and just man, get out of my face. Like even to fans and kids and shit, man, he just, he didn't care. <laughs> I love it. That's what we want. We, we want all right, coach Elliot, be a bigger jerk, you know, <laughs> there you go. Be, be a big enough jerk to win a lot of games, but not so big that, you know, another school wants to come hire you off, I guess. Exactly. There you go. There's a happy medium somewhere. Yeah. So we were talking about, um, you know, the expectations for Arkansas State. I, I guess from our perspective, it's real on the West Division. It's just a battle between uh, Lafayette and Arkansas State for who's going to represent in that uh, in the championship game. Um, so, we, I mean, I expected Arkansas State to be a, a real big, a big uh, team this year, but Kansas State win, great. Memphis loss, kind of uh, skeptical, but that coastal game was uh, just unexpected whatsoever yeah. at all. Uh, where did you feel? Uh, I may have already asked this question. You might have answered if you did. Go on. I get drunk and forget stuff. Where, <laughs> where, where did you see Arkansas State going at the beginning of this season? And have the games you've played this season changed your opinion at all about what you can expect to happen? Well, um, really, so far, they've exceeded and failed to meet expectations because we didn't expect to beat Memphis. We expected to keep it close, and we did for three quarters. We had one just terrible quarter where we couldn't do anything right, and it got out of hand, but then we fought back. Um, So, you know, we expected to lose that one by a score or two. We expected to lose a close one to Kansas State, and we were able to get that win. Um, I guess if you had asked me – what do you think your record would be after Memphis, Kansas State, and Coastal? I would say one and two, and that's <laughs> correct. Uh, but it's just not the results we expected. You know, we we win that Kansas State game, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, dude, okay, yeah, we're rolling out. And then Coastal just smacks us, right. and we turn around, and we don't have a great. Uh, it's hard to say you don't have a great game when you win by you double the opponent's score and you score fifty points, but it, it wasn't a great win in my opinion over UCA it was like man there were still so many mistakes that if we do this against Louisiana they're not you know we're not going to win that game um but coming in I really honestly I didn't do any predictions this year uh like I normally do because I didn't know even up to week one if we were going to play um but I would have picked us second to Louisiana in the west um we call them Lafayette around here yeah (laughs) <laughs> See, I, people, uh, we we definitely still call them ULL and Lafayette and all that. I just got accustomed to it because I was supposed to be all proper, you know, being a reporter and whatever. Uh, so I do it now. You're uh, you're a hometown reporter though, so it's cool, that's, man. That's true. Just, that's true. That's do whatever true. you I mean, want. You I'm wearing the gear. I'm technically. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually a, a student at ASU still. So I'm yeah, you're allowed. Late December. Oh, yeah. 
go. Yeah, definitely so, say what you want to say because you can just, hey, I'm a student. I get this in the student section. Yeah, I can exactly. So that. whatever. But so Lafayette, I'll, uh, <laughs> um, they hate it. It's amazing. Yeah, I we had a, a, one of the guys on from Raging Review before our game against Lafayette, and and then I repaid the favor and went on to their show, and I agreed that if we won the game, I would call them Louisiana or whatever the hell they wanted. But if uh, if we lost, which we barely did, then uh, I can call them whatever the hell I wanted to. So I now am even more insistent about calling them Lafayette just to piss them off. But <laughs> those guys are cool though. Raging yeah. Review. I went on their show last year too. Um, but yeah, so they're the, I mean, their program where they're at right now under coach Napier, I mean, they're the best team in the West. They're the team that we used to be three, four years ago. Um, so they're the standard. And I don't think that we've done anything to dethrone them this year. Um, but when, when we're playing our best, and this has been a problem, like I said before, for three, four years now, when we're playing our best, we're a great team, but we don't consistently play our best football. Um, if the team that played Kansas State shows up against Louisiana, we got a chance. But if the Coastal team shows up, then they're going to run all over us, and it's going to be a blowout. And that's been our problem for a handful of years now. Um, a few years ago, I think it was 2018, everybody was talking 11-1. and one. We were playing Alabama, and we were going <laughs> to beat everybody else, and we went 8-4, and four, you know, because we had a bunch of – oh, few- we're dying for our first eight-win season. No, I was gonna say all your fans, man. They want the game. <laughs> thing, man. Like, so I grew up, grew up in Jonesboro. You know, I've been watching ASU since I was a kid, and I couldn't be happier with the state of the program. But you get these dudes twice my age that got three or four really good years, and then think that we should be you know, moving up to the big 12 and competing in the playoff and stuff like, no, man, we're not, we were, we had two really, really, really great years that most programs might not ever get. And then we came back down to earth, but we've been so much better than we were before. Uh, But they got so spoiled. And I mean, I did too, to where now it's like, ah, seven and five, but man, (laughs) 10, I guess now it's been nine years, but still 12 years ago, we would kill to go seven and five, you know? Yeah. So we do know. <laughs> I mean, like, we do know. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan or Tim, if you can hear me, you got a question for Chase? Uh, I was just going to talk about, um, you know, the, I, I pulled it up on ESPN and they've got this game as like a toss up. It's like 50 50, 51 them, 49 us, really. Yeah. It's like three and a half points spread. Red Wolves are, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's and that's that's um that's pretty exciting for us. Honestly. That's in Jonesboro, so you got to think that if it was flipped, I mean, you guys would be favorites then. That's yeah, yeah. And we're under seventy-one and a half points, though it seems like a lot. But yeah, points pass the score. <laughs> well, I think that I think that we've shown in our two games that we know how to put up points. Uh, yeah, and uh, historically, our defense has been bad, even though we've seen an improvement in our defense. So it makes sense. Yeah, this should be a high-scoring game. Um, I'm predicting uh, a high-scoring game. I don't know. I don't know if um, it's going to be a, a close game, but I think both teams are able to put up points. Uh, Tim, uh, what, what question do you have? I actually don't have any more questions. Cool. I got one then. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what is? I meant to ask this earlier before, before we kind of got into the the nuts and bolts of it because I don't know anything about nuts and bolts, and I know a lot about this. Uh, what's the game day experience like in um, 
in Jonesboro this year. I mean, in general, if you want to talk about what it's like, normal a normal game day experience in Jonesboro, that's great. But I also want to talk about like you know what's it going to be like on Thursday. Uh, how many fans are allowed in? Are they allowing opposing fans masks and tailgating and all that kind of stuff? Tailgating is my favorite thing about college football. So, so typically, um, well, this kind of goes with the trend that I was talking about with the fans getting spoiled. Three, four years ago, uh, Saturday in Jonesboro was rowdy, man. We would get, you know, 25, eh, 22, 23,000 packing the stadium. Um, we got a pretty cool, cool tailgating area. Um, there's a place in front of the stadium. It's where if you're a student, you know, this is, you know, totally just hypothetical here. Um, you know, <laughs> but if you're a student and you have a cup, nobody cares what's in the cup, you know, uh, but if it's a can, you know, you gotta, you know, whatever, but you know, the cops are out there, but as long as you have a cup, you're good. So, you know, you get that kind of the students, uh, out there. Um, and so the student section's always rowdy. It's always a good time. They put in the uh, waterfalls a few years ago, which are cool. Kind of honestly, that that's kind of weird because they redid the end zone and they just put all the rich people there. That used to be like rowdy general admission, and now it's like, oh, these are season ticket holders, and so they're just like sitting there eating food. So it's a little weird. Takes away from some of the fun. Um, but and as the years have gone, it's been a problem everywhere, but it's been a problem here too. Attendance has declined, but I mean, even the last few years, we're getting 17, 18,000 every Saturday and it gets rowdy. It's fun. Um, this year. So this weekend, this past weekend was our home opener and I actually wasn't able to attend and it was pouring rain anyway. So I, you know, I wasn't too upset about it. <laughs> but, uh, Bad fan. Yeah, I know, man. I sat home Shame. and watched it on. I watched it on TV instead. I wasn't going to be able to make it by kickoff, so I was like, "Eh, I'll just sit at home." You know, whatever. So that first quarter, you're like, "I'm so glad I didn't go to the." Yeah, game. yeah, sure. Because <laughs> sure. I had, uh, I actually had two TVs going, so I was watching um, Arkansas and Auburn while I was watching Arkansas, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas State, UCA. So I was watching all three schools in Arkansas <laughs> all at once. Um, anyway. Um, I believe we're allowing 12,000. Our stadium holds close to 30. I would have to get an exact number. It's about 30. Um, well, I'll be counting when we watch on uh, Thursday night. I'll be counting the be, fans. Yeah, there, there will not be 12,000 people. <laughs> not even close. Uh, for a Thursday night game, typically if there wasn't COVID on a Thursday night game, you're talking 15,000, 16,000 anyway. Okay. So there's probably going to be just a few hundred people there. Um, you are required to wear a mask, I think, the whole time, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of like a hey, you're in the stadium, whatever you do now is kind of your thing. As far as what I saw on TV, I saw a bunch of people not necessarily wearing there weren't that many people on the stands anyway. Right. Um, there's no tailgating, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, there's not going to be much of much of an atmosphere there. Uh, you'll be able to hear the waterfalls probably. Uh, <laughs> normally, they're kind of loud anyway, but uh, with no crowd noise, that's probably the best we've got now. And uh, last year, they started playing this really, really horrible uh, dance remix to Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> and it's it's god awful. So you might hear that. And if you do, I'm sorry. And if the sound guy's listening, like, dude, it's it's terrible. It's the worst. It's disgusting. 
And so, he probably agrees with you 100%, but there's somebody over his head. He's like, no, man, this is cool, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you'll probably just hear that and the waterfalls, and that's about it. Gotcha. So, gotcha. It, so, I forgot about the waterfalls. What was the reasoning behind those? I mean, it's a unique feature for sure. Like, I don't know too many college football stadiums in G5 that have waterfalls. Water features, we call them water features. features. Yeah. Water features. Yeah, the uh, the athletic director doesn't like us calling them waterfalls. So I guess that's kind of like my Lafayette thing. I call them the waterfalls because they don't like the term waterfalls. They're water features. Waterfalls actually sounds cooler to me than waterfalls. Oh, it's, oh, it's a water feature. Think. Uh, so if if uh, Terry Mahajer is watching this, he'll get mad at me, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't work for him. And uh, actually, like all the Arkansas State right people, they, they, follow, they follow us. They listen every week. We get comments. It's so oh. weird. All right. <laughs> Never believe Ryan. That's all yeah. that I got. I mean, really, Tim's the only person on here that is anywhere near being honest about anything he says. Uh, we have a uh, question from out in right field again from John. Uh, what pro fa- franchises do you uh, Jonesboro folks uh, follow? That's a weird question. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals is the only consensus. Everybody right. here is a Cardinals fan. Um, there are a handful of Grizzlies fans, with it being just an hour away from Memphis, um, but most people don't like the NBA around here. Um, I mean, the you know, people my age do, you know, high school kids do, but like, uh, you know, I say adults, like I'm not 24 years old, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but older, older adults don't watch the NBA. Now and I still do that. <laughs> um, so actually, uh, full disclosure there, Chase, I'm actually originally from Memphis. I've got yeah. I've got no allegiance to any Memphis University or um, our college team, I should say, or pro teams. But yeah, because uh, Memphis has the Redbirds, the minor league team from the Cardinals, right there, and so it's yeah. it is definitely a, a St. Louis Cardinals hotbed as far yeah. as baseball goes. Yeah, a lot of people like going to Redbirds games, and you know we're four hours from St. Louis, so people like the the Cardinals. Um, people like the Cowboys too, but again. People, I, it's weird because people don't really like the NFL that much. Um, really, and I'm people really hate me for saying this, but uh, the pro team in the whole state of Arkansas is the Razorbacks. Uh, that's the team that everybody cares about. And Jonesboro, they get real sensitive about this. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about it because I don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I grew up being a Razorback and Red Wolf fan. My parents, my whole family's Razorback fans. Uh, and I grew up in Jonesboro watching ASU. I liked both of them. I go to ASU. I got accepted to both universities and chose ASU. That should tell you, I kind of like these guys. You know, this is where I'm going to school. And when I started writing for ASU, everybody thought that I was this Razorback fan that was going to trash ASU all the time and they all attacked me for being a, a Razorback fan growing up. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to make it, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just enjoying life, man. Why, why is it such a problem? Then this weekend, I tweeted about the Arkansas game, and I had hundreds of Razorback fans saying, "Oh, f you! You're just an ASU writer. What do you know?" I'm like, bro. <laughs> well, then both of you, <laughs> all of you. Everybody we have a similar situation here. Uh, Ryan actually grew up in Athens, Georgia, where UGA is. 
and grew up a UGA fan uh, his entire life until Georgia State started football. Yep. And uh, we, we still give him crap about being a UGA fan first. We know that he has his uh, red and black undies on over his uh, blue. 24 7. Every now, every now and again, that's right. And I still go to tailgates uh, throughout the year. And um, I don't go to a lot of games anymore, but I'll still go down to Athens and tailgate with my family and then and then just leave during the game and listen to it on the way home. So you do I'm a bit of a Wolves fan first. Like if they played, I'm A-State all the way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's my stance too. I'd show up to that tailgate in my blue and white and that'd be that. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I don't actually have – you're at a point where – uh, Arkansas actually acknowledges Arkansas State as a football program and a university. UGA fans up here just Georgia, Georgia State did that, is that Division Two? You know, uh, you know what school, what, what what conference? They've got no idea about Georgia State, and so we kind of uh, that was actually on my my next list of questions to ask you about uh, before we get going here uh, was. Uh, Arkansas won't play you guys, right? They don't play you in, in anything, or is it just football they won't play in? That changed this year. Okay. Um, so Arkansas played UA Pine Bluff in baseball, and I think they played UALR in baseball. Or no, they played UAPB in like an exhibition basketball game or something. They played UALR in uh, baseball. And coming up this year, next year, we're playing in women's basketball for the second time ever. We played in the WNIT 20 years ago or something, and we actually won. Um, and that's the only matchup that we've ever had. But they're starting to schedule us in non-football sports. I believe – I don't know. The details were coming out around the time COVID hit and screwed up everything. But uh, it's my belief that we – for sure have a women's basketball game. They were working on maybe a men's basketball or a baseball type series. And the idea is within the next decade or so, maybe get a football game finally. Um, I think the COVID thing will actually force that hand a little bit. More teams are going to try to keep things a lot more regionalized and localized. So maybe, so, uh, you know, yeah, we're kind of in the same boat. You know, we finally got that schedule with Georgia Tech which is literally we are the two closest FBS programs in the nation, uh, but we cannot get uh, Georgia on the schedule. Uh, they won't, they would not play us in basketball. We played in, in basketball in a, um, one of those like little preseason, it's not preseason, but like, you know, those early season tournaments. Uh, the rumor going on is that once they found out we were in the tournament, that uh, they tried to back out of it. And then the tournament guys wouldn't let them do it without paying a, a big uh, check. And so we come into the game, that tournament, and we absolutely blow the socks off the one or two teams we had to blow the, uh, you know, had to win. And then Georgia lost their game. So if we win, we play for that tournament championship. If we lose, we play Georgia in the consolation bracket. I have never seen a Coach Ron Hunter team play as poorly as they did in that game and then turn around and beat the ever-living snot out of the Bulldogs. It was – one of those things you will never convince me. We I remember never- that. Now, now that you mentioned it, I, I remember seeing that uh, that you guys beat the just beat the hell out of Georgia. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I forgot that that happened because college basketball season seems like twelve years ago now. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Arkansas State, it's like little baby steps with Arkansas, right? Hell yeah. over, and then they'll schedule it in football, right? Pretty That's much happen. So with Arkansas. Their old AD, Frank Broyles, 
he was never going to play us ever, no matter what, in any sport. Um, and he stepped down in 2008 and he died not long after. Um, and so in the 12 years since then, they finally started eh, just a little bit. But now that Arkansas has Hunter Juracek, um, he's more open to it. And RAD Terry Mahajer has been basically beating his door down. Right. Just like, dude, play us anything. Don't care. We'll make it happen. Let's make it happen. Because, I mean, everybody wants to see it. Well, I say that. They're the really bitter people on both sides. They say, oh, we don't need Arkansas. And the others are like, oh, well, we don't care about ASU. We don't want to legitimize you guys. But 90% of people want to see it. And if we play in football, uh, I mean, Arkansas has been horrible, horrible the last couple of years. I say that. I'm like (laughs) – if you look at the two opportunities between uh, Arkansas playing Arkansas State and Georgia playing Georgia State, uh, I would be really scared if I was Arkansas playing Arkansas State. I'm not so scared if I'm Georgia playing yeah. Georgia State. <laughs> Georgia blanked us 55 to nothing last year. We had one drive that we actually, I think, got in the red zone and then missed a field goal or threw a pick. or so. That game was kind of – you didn't pay much attention to that one. You just kind of let it happen, 55 nothing, But – yeah, the last two years, I think Arkansas State would have gave it to Arkansas, but uh, Arkansas has improved this year. I think it'd be close this year, but then in a couple years, they're probably going to be back to where they would. They'd probably win nine out of ten, but that one to us would be everything. I mean, UCA um, came up here to Jonesboro and beat us in 2016. Um, beat us by two or three points. I wouldn't brag about that, man. I'm not, oh, I'm not bragging about it, uh, but – People like the argument is that, you know, oh, if the small school beats the big school, that's it. But no, we lost to UCA and then we won the next nine games in a row. You know, we went, we started 0 and 4 and lost to UCA in that fourth game and then ran the Sun Belt and beat UCF in the Cure Bowl. Yeah. And recruiting didn't take a hit. The world didn't end. And then you I don't know. How many years ago? It, it might have just been delayed. Took a took three and a half years after that game, but wow, for things get out of Arkansas into the rest of the country. So. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then four years later, we beat them fifty to twenty-seven. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, before we let you out of here, uh, do you want to give any final prediction on the game this Thursday? This has been tough, man. Um, it depends on which team shows up. Earlier, I was. Uh, what did I say? Cautiously pessimistic. I'll be cautiously optimistic in my prediction. I'll just give a subtle, like, say Red Wolves. Mm, let's see. What's a good score? Uh, 35 to 28. No field goals. All touchdowns. All touchdowns. <laughs> Something like that. I don't I have no. I have no idea, man. Uh, I really don't know what to expect, honestly. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Chase. I mean, unless you guys, Ryan and Tim, have another question for Chase. We've we've taken about an hour, hour of his time. Oh, yeah. I didn't have a cool background, so I took this off my wall. That's <laughs> my sign-off. And I also, i got to show off my Omar Bayless jersey up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the wrong yeah. number because uh, as soon as he got drafted, I ordered that. So I got his college number on it. He's number 17, so I can just like wrong shoulder. It's flipped. <laughs> I just like get a one right here. There you, you go. Guys, you guys got some uh, white duct tape there in Jonesboro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. fixed, but yeah, that's my my Omar Bayless Carolina Panthers jersey. So. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, yeah, thanks again for being here, man. Maybe we'll get you on uh, for a basketball game uh, this season as well. 
let's hope so, man. This has been fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Take it easy. Appreciate it. See you, dude. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, that was good. That was fun. Yeah. I didn't expect to go a full hour with him. I feel like the conversation has kind of flowed pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm still waiting for him to answer the waterfall question. He wouldn't let him answer. Look, uh, Tim, right. don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah. Wow. Ryan, is this what we get out of you when you're sober? You actually have like pop culture references and everything? Maybe. <laughs> I, I've been wait I was I was I was waiting on the right moment when we were talking about it and it just never came up. But then it seemed like when you brought it back, that was time. It was there you go. There you go. Good. It, it didn't come up because David didn't let him answer the question. <laughs> yeah. You guys do what you're good at, right? That sounds like me. That sounds a lot like me. Uh, I really want to know about the waterfalls. What the hell? Look it up, dude. Just look it up. Like I said, we'll get him back for basketball and you can ask him a football question or something. I don't know. Yeah, you can ask him about the waterfalls then. They have them in the you gotta, this is another reason why it's good if we we're all together instead of being on video call. We could actually be like, dude, I'm trying to ask a question about. Yeah. So, I mean, when he answered my question about the defense, sound cut out, had no clue what he said. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. He said that they suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, he kind of cut out. Like, he he sort of was like, a, uh, or, uh, uh, so I don't know if it cut out or, but but um, he's, he does not sound excited about their defense, which is nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, I thought you guys, last year, like, when we played Arkansas State, did you really feel like we were going to blow the doors off of them? I didn't. How early in the season was that? I don't remember because we were like, you know, obviously we beat um, uh, Tennessee and then we, you know, barely beat who was it? Who the hell even came in here? Like Morris Brown or whatever team we barely beat. uh, Furman. It was Furman. (laughs) Morris Brown and Furman. It starts with an M. But, you know, so we barely beat, we have to come back to beat them. Then we get like, you know, our, you know, Blown out of the stadium in uh, Western Michigan, and then we got you know beat up in Texas State in like what was like thirteen overtimes or something like that. Right. I don't know if Arkansas State. I don't how soon Arkansas State was after that, but yeah, I'm thinking Ryan will have the answer here in a second. Oh, he wasn't thinking to do that at all. Yeah, I just wouldn't have thought that you know we'd have blown the doors off Arkansas State. No, well, it was the first. We that was the seventh. Sorry, that was the sixth time we'd ever played them, and we'd never won before. So yeah, why would you think? You know, going into Monroe, I thought we were going to blow the doors off of Monroe because Dan Ellington had already shown how much of a badass he was. Got injured in the game, we lost. But you know, if if it was that late in the season last year, I killed all those brain cells. I've got no idea. Ten five. What I expected. So there you go. Ten five. So. No, that was early. Game in. Yeah. So we so we had fifth game. So that yeah, that's exactly where I was at. Just got to be and come back at Furman. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you now, Tim. I agree. I was not expecting us to blow the doors off of Arkansas State. Now, I I, man, their fan base—they're getting all angry about eight and four years. (laughs) I would love to be that angry. Right. We also got to take a seven-five. Like no insult to the nation, but uh, you know, seven and six, seven and five is not going to cut it in Atlanta. Eight and four is not going to cut it in Atlanta either. Yeah, this is going to this is going to be a place where we need to be a ten-win team. Multiple seasons. Oh no, consistently, consistently, like a nine-win season is a bad season. Is what the city of Atlanta needs for a team to be successful. Yeah. 
So, but I will say though, I really, I really wanted to tweet this out on Friday. Uh, watching Georgia Tech's, I had Georgia Tech's game on against whoever the hell they were playing. Was mm -hmm. that because they were down pretty big for a while? That Georgia State was going to be the is the best team in Atlanta, and the Atlanta and the Falcons did their part on Sunday to reinforce that. But with Tech winning, they got two wins. We got one winning, one win. Anyhow, spoiler alert. When we went on Thursday, I'll be tweeting out that we're the best team in the city of Atlanta. So nice. Yeah. So, uh, well, that went about an hour, but uh, maybe maybe I'll just break this up into a part one and part two, or let's keep on going for a little bit. The only thing I got left to talk about was a little bit about the other Sun Belt games that happened last week and a few other things. You guys good going for a little bit longer? Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about Arkansas State? What's your prediction? I think it's a high-scoring game. Um, I want to say yeah, – I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, whichever team wins, I think they win by uh, a touchdown or maybe maybe 10 points. I'm not saying which team that's going to be, but I think that Georgia State has every right to be that 38-28 um, team. We're going we're gonna to kill them, and then we're going to get in the 40s, and they're going to get in the 20s. Going into this, going into this uh, conversation today, I was predicting a 38-35 Georgia State win. And for some reason, uh, Chase being as humble as he was about their program, I'm like, uh, that's the attitude that I need that's going to just come in here and beat the snot out of Georgia State. So. <laughs> I'll go with a 41-31. We win by 10. Noel Rees re redeems himself and makes some field goals, too. And and losing losing uh, faith in our defense, uh, right? I feel like Arkansas State offense. I mean, no score points. It's going to be a game of points, and whichever team can put the most up is going to walk away victorious on Thursday night. Uh, Who will have the points? And that's Thursday with a U. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, what's your prediction? You're the last one. Go. I already said, man. I wasn't paying attention then. You got to fix. Oh, oh pull it around right. there. Pull it around. Sorry. You said 40 something to uh to 20 something. Two. 20 something, yeah. I like that score. It's it's so hard. It, it, I might have been watching the break. Well, we, we came into this season with so many question marks. And after two games, we've answered a lot of those, but. It, they're kind of like written in pencil right now. They're not, not a lot of things are written in Sharpie about where this program is right now. So this will be another game where we get to figure out uh, where we are. Well, I think I've said this before, like our defense, I, I have faith in it. I think that might, you know, that might, they are so, they're a solid unit. Like I think we can count on them. Our offense has looked um, like they've gotten lucky at times. Like they've played bad defenses that like, you know, miss, missed missed um, assignments and, you know, like we saw that one run in uh, the last game or whatever, and uh, it's right. like the guy missed, and then he just gave up the whole rest like, of the play. He was just like, right. "I'm done," you know. And like, I, I mean, I sat there and watched it happen. I was like, he could have probably actually saved that from being a touchdown. Well, we know you're a fan of your solid units, so yeah, I do, I do, solid, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, Arkansas State Thursday night, only two nights away from now. Where are you guys watching it? I guess at home, right? That's all we get to do now, right? Is watch things at home. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna text you, but to see if you, you know, I could come over. But <laughs> well, 
no, I, I talked to the wife about maybe uh, setting up a, a, a tailgate tent in the front yard with some chairs and everything. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll set something up. I'll let you guys know. I have permission already, so. All right. Hey, well, there you go. All right. Well, maybe uh, maybe we'll put something together. I like it. I like it. Rad. Uh, all right. Yeah. So Georgia State, Thursday, Arkansas State. We'll figure out what happens. We'll talk about it next week because then we'll have um, do we have another buy next week. No. no it's Saturday's a buy. Then we're, we're headed to Troy, right? Is what we yeah. Got following Saturday. Halloween or is that time for Halloween yet? I don't all, all these national TV broadcasts, man. It's getting old. Yeah, maybe one of these will get a home one that's not at noon. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, we're the nooners. That's that's like our thing. Yeah, right. What uh, was the game this weekend we were supposed to pay attention to? I was clicking around trying to figure it out, but I feel like there was something on Saturday we were supposed to bet. The that past you weekend? Yeah, it got pushed back. It's the uh, Coastal Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. Uh, sorry, sorry. Why are, you, why are you doing this to me, Tim? Uh <laughs> Lafayette hosting Coastal. Ah, uh, this it's tomorrow night. It's Wednesday night. They're gonna be doing. Uh, okay, it. Yeah. I, th- I thought that's what it was, and I was clicking around. I was like, well, they didn't play, so but who knows? COVID hurricane. What is it? I don't remember. A hurricane Delta got in the way. The, that's the yeah. same rain that um, that Chase was talking about. That they had to deal with their game for Central Arkansas, but obviously um, Lafayette is way more in that you know ground zero type space. It was nuts. It was nuts here on Saturday night. It was crazy. Oh, I was so drunk Saturday night that I slept through whatever happened. I don't remember. I we had a like a, a rally. Um, Spike Cohen was in town, um, and so we we had a rally for him. And it was raining. Um, it was like sort of raining, and then right when it was over, it just started like pouring down rain. I mean, it was like flash floods here, and then Southwest Atlanta was. I think they had a tornado warning. Oh yeah, my so friend over there. Yeah, yeah. I think my friend East Cobb had. Uh, standing water in his basement as well. That's yeah. Um, we're near here. But yeah, I, I if the Braves were not playing in the you know the NLCS uh, tomorrow night, I would definitely be watching the uh, Coastal Lafayette game. Maybe I'll keep an eye on one while watching the Braves. Um, actually, speaking of, I'm still watching the Braves. Bottom of the ninth right now. Uh, up eight three. Anyhow, um, but so they the Coastal. Coastal Lafayette game scheduled for tomorrow night replaced uh, Southern's app game that was supposed to be played. They got moved because apps doesn't know how to use sanitizer or disinfectant or masks or anything. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask him about if they've had COVID issues with Arkansas State um, like lately. Yeah, they did. They, they had that Tulsa game that got canceled because of it. And then Memphis accused uh, Arkansas State of, of uh, infecting them or something like that. Wow. But I think it's kind of interesting that that Southern app game getting moved to December 12th. That was the original scheduled Sunbelt, well, not, not originally scheduled, the original rescheduled Sunbelt Championship game. And I think if Georgia State takes care of business, that game is nothing more than an exhibition game to determine second place in the East. Expedition game, right? Exposition. <laughs> Our exposition. Sorry. Yeah, but it won't be an exposition because it won't be before. It, it won't like it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it won't matter. It won't matter. It'll, it'll be worse than an exhibition game. No, it'll be, it'll, it'll, be before, it'll be before the the championship game has been moved to the nineteenth. Obviously, the battle for third, right? Maybe yeah, so. Yeah, I guess whichever one wants to lose the most for third place. Yeah, I like it. 
Uh, other games, there's nothing else really good. Texas State, who I've been harping on as being better than they are this season, is at South Alabama. South Alabama. Put your heart down, David. I, you no, know, I mean, I, I tried. Um, but Texas State, I, maybe I, rooting for Texas State has uh, caused them to play like an Atlanta team, not play up to their uh, expectations. They're uh, uh, not favored to win that game. Against UC, USA, uh, Eastern Kentucky at Troy. Troy's a 27 and a half point favorite. Goodness gracious. UMass decided to restart football by playing at Southern uh, this weekend. Southern oh, wins, man. They're like, hey, come here. We want to beat you. Yeah. Well, Southern is a 28 and a half point favorite in that game. And as much as I hate Southern, no one doesn't believe that at all. Sure, why not? UMass is bad. They've not played football. Southern is horrible this year, but they'll probably put up 28 and a half more than U- UMass does. Ugh, I feel dirty saying that. Moment of silence for ULM. Yeah. Last week. Oh, they did? They, uh, they beat Texas State, right? No. No. Oh, yeah, Liberty. Oh, yeah. Liberty almost had the golden score, Ryan. Nope. Good for them for scoring once. Liberty scored a one forty to seven. They were about one point away from that forty-one-seven golden score. Goodness! <laughs> uh, I want to mention this only to make fun of twenty-seven-seven sport, twenty-four-seven sports. They have their power rankings of Sun Belt teams, and it's only four dudes doing it. It's Ben, obviously representing Panther Talk, and then uh, some moron from USA, some moron from App State, and some moron from Marquis State. So they come with their, their rankings, and they have Coastal and Lafayette battling it out for first place in the conference. Fine. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that's legit. That's yeah, totally legit. Uh, they have a questionable App State uh, running off their history as third. They got Archie State, who, like we just talked about, yes, has that Kansas State win, probably one of the worst P5 programs. And then they, you know, look like garbage against an FCS program in the first quarter last week. Yeah, already got beat by Memphis. You know, got boat raced by Coastal. Is that, is that the term? I use the term right? Boat race. Sure. Yeah, I don't These think about football, aren't we? I think so. Then you get Georgia State as fifth with Southern right behind Georgia State. I, I don't think you can really rank Georgia State as as far as fifth in the Sun Belt Power Rankings right now. Not based on like how we played and 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 the win record, right? I mean, like we have both those things under our belt. We just have a lack of respect from people that aren't from Georgia State. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of this is getting based off of history and not a lot being based off of, um, you know, what we've seen in games. I I seriously doubt that any of these four guys. All, all due respect to Ben because I do think he's probably as unbiased as they come when he tries to do things like that. But I guarantee you, none of these guys have watched all of our games. Right. All, all, all two of them. I would put us at fourth. I don't know. Where'd you put us? Uh, I would say you know, fourth as high as three. Yeah. I mean, especially you look at ECU beat the living snot out of USF over the weekend, too. They sure did. <laughs> USF so, must be a complete mess. No, 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 no. USF is a stout program that does. Oh, yeah. They're going to be contending for the uh, the AAC this year. Yeah, it turns out ECU is really good. We just are too. We're just better than they are significantly. Yeah. As yeah. in, do not allow them to score touchdowns. Boom. 
I mean, I think if we beat Arkansas State this week, obviously we should move up in their power ranking thing of a bobber. Yeah, Maybe. the app doesn't play. This so, week. Right, so that's going to be tough. I think if, if Georgia State wins, um, period, even if it's a last-second field goal in overtime, if Georgia State wins at all, uh, they should be third place. And Power rankers will be like, well, you know, you're Georgia State. You're still going to have to win another game. Yeah. And then maybe we'll think you're legit. I'll go so far as to say if Lafayette beats the snot out of Coastal, that we could even be ranked as high as second, depending on our performance against Arkansas State. Yeah, I think that's fair. With Appy not playing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's totally fair. And then because you even have the body of work, like we've already played Louisiana, we played them close. If they like just blow them out of the water. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, that, that's all I really got. Um, for the other games, uh, other sports. Other sports, yeah. Um, men's soccer got their first loss of the season. Oh, yeah. Sadly, um, against I think it was I don't know who that was against. I didn't put that part down. Eh, they lost. Oh, it was Coastal. They lost to Coastal. Uh, they Coastal is really becoming a thorn in my side. I really don't like Coastal anymore. I feel like that, that's the school that I thought had no business being in the conference, other than baseball, obviously. But they, they're kind of being annoying now. Like, stop winning games and stuff. Didn't they beat us in the soccer championship last year? Was it them? I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I think I watched some of it. I think it was them. Damn. It probably would be because that really annoys me and pisses me off. Uh, but women's soccer uh, did win uh, All right. against uh, Appy. And they also won against Coastal. They are first in the East Division of the Sun Belt. So congrats to those ladies. Uh, volleyball had a rough weekend against Coastal because I see even more reason for me to hate Coastal. Uh, yeah. But then we've got uh, women's soccer plays Mercer and goes down to the crappy Eagle Creek on uh, Sunday as well. Uh, and men's soccer will be down there as well. Cross country's got to meet in UAB. So, yeah. All right. Others. We'll figure out how they do uh, next week. So, you guys got anything else? I don't think so. All right, cool. I think we're good. Let's move on. Last call. Yeah. Head on the left. I got to use the restroom so incredibly bad right now. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and for listening. Um, last call will come out on Friday. Uh, it will be, uh, oh man, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. This Braves game, getting close, getting close. Don't Georgia State it, Falcons it, <laughs> it, whatever the hell it is. Stop. Uh, we will finish up the watch of the Braves game on last call. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at State of Atlanta or on Facebook at facebook.com slash State of Atlanta. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very much, and go Panthers.